1: welcome back to the francisca show a jewish coffeehouse podcast where we encourage fellow artists and entrepreneurs to collaborate and support each other while sharing their stories i am francisca a singer composer music producer coach and also your host This week, I'm so excited to announce that I'm running the Artpreneur Challenge on Facebook. If you would like to participate, you can still join by emailing me or messaging me or just searching for the Artpreneur Challenge Facebook group on Facebook and requesting to join. There are amazing prizes waiting for you there, and it's a fully transformative experience that I'm hoping to provide for creatives out there in any field. So Join us. This is happening this week. It's completely free, so make sure to check that out. Thanks again to everyone who has been reaching out. I love hearing from you. Keep writing in and enjoy the show. Today on the show, for the first time, we're doing a follow-up with one of our guests that we had right when we just started, Over two years ago, I just listened back to that episode and it was Arab Hanukkah, so just about over two years ago. And the reason I'm doing this is because I'd like to go back to some of our first artists who are on the show who are doing new things, getting into new spaces. And it shouldn't be that, you know, once you're on the show, you could never come back on. I've been super curious about the stuff you've been doing, so super impressed. So I'm so happy to to have you here. I also have another thing I want to say. I'll take this opportunity to just publicly acknowledge we did this collaboration about two years ago. We were talking about the release and there were ups and downs and there, there were certain complications that came up at the end and being as inexperienced as I was working with other artists I feel like some of the things that came up I wasn't so proud of how I handled them and I wanted to publicly apologize to you for for any pain or discomfort or any uncomfortable feelings that I may have brought up because collaborating with incredibly talented artists like you was such an honor and I enjoyed it so much and uh, if I could elaborate a little bit, and I have no idea if I'm going to use this or not, but it the what happened was basically, I was at a point in my career with uh, the music videos, and I was trying to establish what space I'm going to be in, and we didn't really talk about the levels of snoot we wanted to have, and I sort of just, you know, was not on top of anything, and then I was dealing with One of the publications out there, I don't know if I want to name them by name, but they were working on a big story on me. I don't know if I ever told you this. No, you never told me this. They ended up pulling the story. They said I wasn't kosher and they couldn't represent me in their publication. So that was happening at the same time. That threw me. This is the first time I'm talking about this actually publicly. So since it was the first time I was doing it, I had no idea how to navigate this, and I was I probably pushed back and took my anxiety out on the people I was working with instead of the right places. (laughs) The people who weren't accepting me. And in a way it it really opened and it opened up my box a little bit, opened up my mind. I was able to establish what I'm comfortable doing and what I'm not. I'm so happy I did this collaboration. I'm so thrilled with what it did for me and the artwork that the art was that was actually created from this project and I regret of how I handled it. I feel like I could have done it better now. I know a lot more clearly and, um, and I'm happy I've been able to comfortably step into my feet and establish what I do and what I don't and why I'm okay with that because it's not me wearing things and people could judge from here to tomorrow I'm all about creating platforms and collaborating and giving other women spaces to do and I am not the Tznias Police and if people don't want to listen to my music because they expect me to be Tznias Police then don't listen to my music but I feel like we need we're in a space where we need to give a lot more love than we need to give judgment or Portray that judgment. So I just wanted to take this opportunity to talk about something I haven't talked about ever publicly or even with you privately. So I feel like whether I use this or not, I wanted you to know that I sincerely apologize for for all the discomfort that I caused in that
0: interaction, (laughs) and I hope you forgive me. (laughs) First of all, I have to say I'm like so impressed, and that is very big of you to even just discuss it and put it out there like that. And, and I think you should put this in because it's very powerful. It's not easy to step up and admit to what you just said. And from my personal experience, it was all, it was only empathy towards you. I understood where you were coming from. Um, I didn't even know the added layer of this magazine. And I think that there's a lot of controlling going on, and there's a lot of issues going through that. And really, all I had for you was empathy during all of that. And I appreciate, I appreciate you bringing it up. So thank you. And uh, everything is is forgiven. <laughs> and I'm sorry it took so long to do this. That's really good of you. It's, it's really big of you. And honestly, I didn't. I did. It wasn't something that I harbored or anything like that. Again, it was all empathy. I understood, and then I let it go because there's nothing really it wasn't personal to me it wasn't personal I'm sure to anyone who you were interacting with at the time it's just a lot of pressure and it does and it sounds like from the few few moments of what I'm hearing you talk about now it sounds like that it doesn't resonate with you either like what they what happened to you wasn't fair to you so it's it's almost as if you were just mirroring it to others around you and and I didn't I didn't feel that it was personal to me I really didn't So I just want you to know that as well. It's not something that I even like think about. So we're good.
1: Well, thank you for acknowledging that. And thank you for not harboring any negative feelings, which I would not judge if you did. So kudos to you. Thank you for being (laughs) such an understanding person and artist. Okay, so I just listened to this podcast we did two years ago, and you were talking about the vlogging and the traveling, and I know you had a new baby since, mazel tov. I think that has changed the dynamics of things a lot, but I'd love to hear any updates, first of all, on your troupe, on your your dance teaching career, as well as how you integrated yourself into the video space, and that's a whole new art form that you have added onto your portfolio so it's super interesting and I'm assuming it has uh, more financial benefits and fulfillment than the dance and I'm super curious I feel like there's so much to this journey and I I think women need to hear it and I'm curious and I can't wait to hear it
0: okay so uh, let's take it back a little bit um, the why why I made this massive transition from being a hip-hop dance instructor and having all the, all of these humble brags and accomplishments under my belt to being a novice and nobody in video marketing. Like, where did that even come from? And it goes back to the last couple of years of being a dance professional and being in that space that I was noticing a massive change in the direction of hip-hop and in the industry itself. In the dance industry, um, there was always an underground vibe that hip-hop is very overly sexual and there's nothing we can do about it. It's just very out there and risque. And it wasn't mainstream. But in the past couple of years, with actually with, with YouTube and with social media, it's become more mainstream. It's become more visible. And it's very entertaining. It's, it's, it's attractive. And I understand why I now have students coming up to me. who are 12 years old, wanting to do certain moves that I'm just like, huh? I don't even do that with my husband. <laughs> like, whoa. So it was, it was just a massive reality check for me. And this happened about even six, five years ago. And I said to myself, either I'm going to have to adapt and change the way that I feel about these certain moves or about this direction that hip hop is going into, or I'm going to be out of the job in five years from now. So that was the mindset. Um, you mentioned something really interesting, like the financial aspect of it, that it's more, more financially stable maybe, or that it there's more opportunities, financial opportunities in, in video that thought never even crossed my mind. It was more about just what is fulfilling to me as a person, because if you ask anybody in my close family and and friends, they'll tell you that I cannot stay doing anything that I do not like. I can't. I just, I get antsy and I need to be moving and I need to be doing something that I actually personally enjoy doing. So taking it back to dance, I did not enjoy the new style of hip hop that is evolving. I respect it. I don't judge it. I look at, I the way I look at dance throughout the years that I taught was, I don't care if if I like the moves or not. I'm going to take what my students want and teach it to them and break it down. I have this ability to take a, back in the day it was MTV. I would record these, these music videos, learn them, flip them because they were doing it opposite for me. So their right is my left. I would flip it and that's also what developed, what helped me develop my coordination and be able to teach it. And I did the same thing with YouTube as well. Um, so my my ability was being able to grasp what was trending and deliver it to my students. So the moment that I saw that what they wanted delivered was something that I just didn't feel comfortable with to the extent that, I, A, I'm not I I don't enjoy it, and B, I'm not good at it. Like I'm just not good at it either. It's not natural to me. I'm more into what's now the second generation of old hi- old school hip-hop. And that was new school hip-hop when back in my day, five years ago. But I just saw where it was developing. And I completely respect and honor the artists and the beauty of the hip-hop today. But I know that it's not something that I can deliver on. So for the past couple of years, I've been... Researching and just researching into myself, trying to understand, break it down, um, reverse engineer what it is I like about this whole process of dance. And I realized it wasn't wasn't anchored to the dance itself. That was part of it. I love dancing and I enjoyed it. And I had so much fun being able to develop my skills as a dancer. But there was another aspect to it that was massive aspect to it. That was massive on the business end. And I loved that equally, if not more, than the actual dancing. I loved the, the growth and the building of my brand, going from eight students one year to 146 years later. I loved that. It was like a high for me. It was that rush. It was that constant challenge to, to always be better. And with the change of the climate in hip-hop, like mainstream hip-hop dance culture as well as getting to this point where I had plateaued. There was no more growth. The next step, the only next step was to open up a dance studio. And I scouted out different studios. I went through the motions. Um, That was the next step as a businesswoman And as a dancer, it just made sense. I'm not going on reality TV shows. I'm not going on tour to be a dancer behind Beyonce. That's not happening. That's not my life choices, and I and I honor that. That's not what I want. But I do somehow. I want to grow my business. I want to grow my empire. I want to grow my, my brand. But there's nowhere else to grow unless I open to. And then I just, I had this gut feeling inside of me, this kind of like feeling in my throat that I don't want to own a studio. I don't. I just don't. It's no other way to explain it except the fact that I don't want to own the deal, and I went with that. Um, and then I tried to look back at what again, what is it, is it through building this empire, through building this this brand or Akella the dancer. What what did I do to get here that I loved? And it was always the marketing side, it was always the business side, and it was always using video. To actually promote my business. Um, I just was going through my archives and like to see when was my first video that I ever posted on Facebook. And it was in, let's see, it was actually in the era when you could post videos from other platforms like YouTube. YouTube was massive um, in those days that and they they still collaborated. Today, they're enemies, (laughs) they're competitors, Facebook and YouTube. But back in the day, they were okay with each other. They were cool with each other. And you could post a video straight onto Facebook, and the video would show up. Just like you would see now, you scroll through your feed, your video will just show up if it's posted natively onto Facebook, as opposed to if you post a link from LinkedIn or from YouTube, if you post a a, um, foreign link, then it's just gonna show you a still, a thumbnail. But back in the day, it showed you the actual video. So people watched it. People were watching my YouTube channel through Facebook. And what was cool about that was that they were driving. It was driving all the traffic to my YouTube channel. And that was kind of growing in the sense that every time someone would would watch one video, they'd go down the rabbit hole and watch 20 of my videos. Like, it would just nonstop. Like, that was the feedback I was getting. And in addition to that, it was, where do I sign up? I saw that my videos were promotional by accident and they were creating conversions because people would come to the studios, the various studios, and sign up and pay. So it went from this post on Facebook of me just doing my thing to an actual another studio and it multiplied my clientele. So that's when like I noticed and like I would see other people doing it as well and I would talk to them and I would say, are you doing this intentionally? Are you getting anything from it? Are these videos producing anything for you? And they'd laugh it off like, no, this is just for fun. I'm like, for fun? Everyone's making fun of me for doing this. Aren't you getting made fun of? Like, I don't care. I'm like, okay, cool. So I kept doing it because I saw the results. I saw that it was just, it just kept happening, that I would get more and more students from it. And I loved it. Like I loved being able to promote myself on facebook um and so now i'm like trying to reverse engineer what do i love about this whole process and this is something massive now add on to that that every marketer and every guru and every industry leader is now saying (laughs) and their mothers are now saying you need to be on video there's this massive demand for video um, and let's take it back actually a few years before, before right now, cause that's happening now. That's something very, very recent, this massive boom of video where everyone wants to be on video and understands the value of the video and how it can promote their business. But it's a few years ago, I started this travel vlog because I was enamored by these vloggers. I loved watching Casey Neistat, Peter McKinnon, Logan Paul. I am not ashamed to say that. I love his content. And I don't like his brother though, Jake, He's terrible. But, um, and um, Sarah Dici and just, and Lily Singh. And I just love this whole idea of the fact that these vloggers could entertain and perform without needing a network. And what that means is they had complete control over their content. They had complete control over what their entertainment was that they were providing. And that was something really cool because they controlled the narrative. And like the only people who can actually do that in this, in the reality TV world, because that's what YouTube is. YouTube is reality TV, like any of the, not the skits, but the vloggers who do the day in the life of kind of style. Um, The only people who are actually able to get away with owning their own narrative are the Kardashians because they produce their own show. But if you look at all the reality TV shows, it's, it's nerve wracking because the people who are on the shows, the actors or the, I don't even know, the participants are not in control and anything they say or do can be used against them. So that's scary. But the fact that like you can go onto YouTube, you can create your own art and whatever that would in whatever capacity that looks like and whatever talents that you have and you can just share it with the world. So I was very enamored by that Um and I've been watching, I've been consuming YouTube for a long time, because mainly also because I was on YouTube. I was, I was a content creator on YouTube. And here I'm looking at my video that I first posted on, on Facebook. It was from when, oh shoot, it doesn't say what year it was now. I think it was 2010. I think 2010 was when I started promoting myself through video on Facebook. And I realized that this is kind of fun. This is really cool. So how can I get better at my video skills, my cinematography and videography? And um, what I did was I took upon myself a year-long weekly vlog. And they say to pick something that you can consistently do that's sustainable. So like you don't want to be doing, I don't know, like crazy tricks um, off of a building. You don't want to be jumping off of a building every week. If you don't like jumping off a building, you want it to be something that you enjoy doing that you can continuously do if you're committing to do a weekly vlog. So we travel a lot. Um, we didn't travel enough to fill all those weeks, but we supplemented it with park reviews in our area. And that actually got a lot more traction than our travels to like Thailand and Italy because it was relevant. It was relevant to the people around me and and digitally around me as well in my different Facebook groups that I was in. And um, so through that and through that determination and um, ambition, um, I did it for a full year. And after that, I felt confident that video is going to be the next thing that I'm going to be doing in whatever capacity that means. So I started taking on freelance gigs, started taking on jobs, editing jobs. I sought them out. I, um, I, and I landed a bunch of jobs and then I realized I don't really want to be a freelancer. I actually want to be an in-house video editor and that's what, or a video marketer. And I was looking for different jobs and nothing was happening Now I was getting so impatient. I like to call last year, especially the last half of last year um a kind of slingshot because I was getting all of these nos piled up one right after the other and it was pulling me back. So I was making all of I was getting all of these no's and it was pulling me back slowly but surely each and every no I got piled on top of each other. And then I got the biggest no of the past year that kind of shot me forward. And it was just another reality check that okay. You don't even know what you're about to be embarking on, but it's happening now. You need to move. You need to take those baby steps because in the next month or so, you're going to be going crazy with whatever it is. I'm not, it's like, it's like my, my mind was telling me, I'm not telling you what you're going to be doing, but just trust me. And I trusted my mind. I said, okay, tell me what to do and I'll do it. So that was after that final no You had this
1: vision slash motivation.
0: Correct. Yes. There was like this deciding factor where I was just so impatient and things just weren't going the way that I was, I thought I wanted them to go. So I said, nothing is coming to fruition. None of my visions are coming to life through other people, through other companies that I was looking to, to get hired by. So I need to create it myself. I need to just get up and go, not overthink it and just go. So another sign that I had was as a freelancer, I was getting too much demand that I could supply, meaning there was a lot of work that was coming in that I couldn't fulfill, whether it was because I wasn't skilled as an, as an editor enough I didn't have the right experience that this specific client needed or because it was just too much on my plate that specific month, whatever it was, I needed, I realized I needed a team. I needed a team to fulfill all this, this demand that I'm getting. And, and, and I realized that there was a turning point that this could actually be something big because many startups or many companies will start on the grounds of creating a team together, coming up with an idea together, coming up with a product, and then trying to sell that product. And for me, it was actually the complete opposite. I already had all of this demand. I had people coming left and right wanting video, and that's there's a wide range of what video actually means, but people were coming, there was a demand, but I didn't have the supply. So that's also another reason why I realized I need to put a team together. And in the past month, it's crazy to think that it's only been a month. It's such a short time. I've put together a team of truly talented professionals, um, a videographer, slash photographer, slash editor, slash genius, creative genius, and a very professional editor who understands the different nuances and how to get a message across in edit. And it was just like, it just made sense. Like there was no questioning, it just kind of happened. So that's where we're at right now. Where I'm creating different different products that match the needs of different clients within video. Whether it's a video ad, or it's a promo video, or it's a video that goes up on LinkedIn where the person is just talking and giving different valuable information in their industry. So it's it's been really fun. Um, and what I like to think about how it all ties in together the dance and the video is that when you pivot, there's always a point when you're pivoting and you're just rotating around that core. So my core has been throughout this whole process has been creativity. And being able to create is something that's is one of my whys. I'm like trying through this whole process, through this whole transition, I'm trying to pinpoint what is my why in life in general. And some of the constants and the same words that keep popping up in my head for that answer are creativity and entertainment and performing. So those kind of things are also covered in this video creation because I'm very much in front of the camera as well. Like there's a lot of work that I'm doing in front of the camera, not just behind the camera, which, which I love. So I get to create and perform at the same time. And it's the same thing that I did in dance, and it's just in a different medium. And it's with a wider audience. Like, Why are we doing video? Why is everybody jumping on the bandwagon for video? Because you get to scale your, your knowledge. You get to scale what you want to say. You put it out there in, on the internet and millions of people can see it, as opposed to if you were in a theater, let's say, And it's not being documented, it's only live. And that's it, it's only for like the biggest, the biggest theater is what, 10,000 people? I don't even know, like a stadium? And that's it, it's capped at that. But a video can scale you, like you can scale yourself and what you have to say when you hop on video.
1: That's absolutely true. And I love how you brought it all in together. Question, are you,
0: do you miss dancing? On video. No, not one bit. I t- I'll tell you what I did. And you probably saw my post last night that I uh, I only last night, this is breaking news. Last night, I told my boss, my assistant, and my students of the last place that I'm teaching in. I, I dropped all of my teaching gigs except one this year, the Hallelujah Dance Truth that was in your video. Oh. Because this has been such a baby of mine, this creation. And it's been so vital to me to m- ensure that it continues, even when I'm gone, that I didn't want to just stop and just leave because I found someone younger and prettier. <laughs> <laughs> so it was it was very much a process for me. And um, it came to the point now where my boss is telling me, what is going on? Your, your mind is somewhere else. And she was right 100% and I really do need to take that step away and, and say, okay, I'm fully focused, I'm fully committed to this new relationship of video and I need to step away from dance. It needs to happen. I need to cut ties right now or else I'm going to be in two places at once and it's not healthy for either. I'm not giving enough attention to dance and I'm fully focused on, on video and the dance is taking away from the valuable and precious time. I need to be focusing on my company. So it's it was, it was um, a very recent discovery for myself. It's incredibly sad. And it's an incredible... Because I envisioned myself teaching until the end of the year. I thought I could handle both. But it's not the reality. And it's something really sad to have to acknowledge that you need to let it go. And you need to be... Um, you need to be brave, but more importantly, mature enough to be able to say, I love you, but I need to let you go. And it's, it's very difficult. This has probably been the most difficult decision for throughout this transition. Yeah.
1: Well, I love your answers. And I'd just like to highlight even more so why something attracted me about going on a second round with you is because artists are so ever-evolving and there's so much guilt, there's so much self-pressure and the idea of hearing your story, which is what I was... I I didn't even think of that, but now that you're talking about all this, I'm like, this is exactly what we need to hear on the show. Artists evolving and growing and being open to new ideas, to listening to their heart and their mind And really working with the ages and adapting and not saying, you know what, I've invested this amount of years or this amount of money or this amount of training into my art form. How can I possibly just switch my hat right now? And no hearing how this is the journey of an artist or anyone actually who is ever evolving and growing. This is empowering to hear and important to hear because... We don't just decide one day what we're going to do and then owe it to the rest of our lives to stick with that. That's not how life works. And um, Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. And
1: it's, it's inspiring to hear your story, and I really hope that you have a lot of success. I love this whole supply-meet-demand thing and that you're working with that angle instead of creating an idea and then hoping to find a match for that. So that sounds like you're on a path to success there and self-fulfillment. So good luck with that. Thank
0: you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it.
1: Do you have anything you wanted to add? or
0: I just think this is so cool that you're giving the space to women, to creative women. So keep it up because it's necessary and it's awesome. And i um, looking forward to seeing who else you have on the show.
1: Thanks again for listening to the end of this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Just a reminder, the Artpreneur Challenge is happening this week. You could still join Uh, There's a link in the show notes where you can sign up or join the Facebook group. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe to the show. And once you're on iTunes, leave us a good review. This podcast is available on all your favorite podcast apps on JewishCoffeeHouse.com and on FranciscaMusic.com. If you'd like to reach out to me, please do so by emailing me at k at gmail.com F-R-A-N-C-I-S-K-A-K-A-Y at gmail.com If you aren't already, please make sure to follow me on Instagram at FranciscaMusic for my updates, announcements, some inside information on the podcast, where I share my stories and my posts. Please check back in next week. We have an interesting episode that I did with Mary Ukranchik. She invited me to discuss the inspiration behind my latest music video. And then, of course, after that, we will have our monthly No More Silence series to close up the month. Stay in touch and have a great week.